This is Patty Holstrand, and we're on live KWOD Radio. And I believe our guest is on the line. Let me double check. Hi, this is Erin. This is Sharon? Erin. Oh, Erin. Hi, Erin. Hi. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> I'm going like, I sure hope that's you. Yep, that's me. Awesome. We okay. notice we have a few people who are listening and a few people who have gotten on the chat. They haven't said anything, but they're, they're sitting there listening. So say hi, hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so let us know um, a little bit about you and uh, where you're from, where you're at right now. Well, where I'm at right now is Henderson, Nevada, and uh, about an hour after the show is over tonight, I'm going to be at the local Ron Paul headquarters uh, meeting uh, meeting Ron Paul when he comes to the, the headquarters. So that's uh-huh. my excitement for the day. So you're and, very political, obviously. Yeah, actually, I ran for Nevada State Assembly last year on the Libertarian ticket. Well, I, I just I interrupted you, so let let everybody know a little more about you. Those who uh, called in or listening to uh, the regular show, so they know who you are. Uh, well, I'm a writer and publisher, and uh, I'm I'm actually uh, here to talk about my uh, science fiction universe, Time Yarns, because I'm. I'm publishing a couple of anthologies next year um, that are coming out in January that uh, are really excited. Uh, I'm really excited about those. But I also publish I also publish nonfiction that I wrote. So um, mm-hmm. uh, one of those things is a, a book that came out this September, which is a book I co-authored called How to Run for Office on a Liberty Platform. And, and I talk about things that I learned during my campaign. And um, ah. so gotcha. I, I write I, I write a whole lot of different things. I write poetry. I write a cookbook. I I write academic papers uh, about uh, history um, and martial arts and linguistics. And uh, I'm just uh, I'm just generally a polymath. Um, <laughs> now, somebody who gets into a lot of things, huh? Yeah. I I think that a, a librarian once uh, would have called that eclectic. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Time Yarns uh, is a shared world. Yes, um, and it's a different kind of a shared world, though, because it's it's not a shared world that's about the same characters or the same even the same places necessarily. Um, it's actually about. Uh, the same physics. It's about the way uh, time travel and magic and uh, and uh, FTL travel work in this universe. And mm-hmm. um, so all of the stories are, um, they can be set in different places and they're all in different alternate universes. So... Um, they're not all. They're not even all in the same timeline, but they they all are connected by the way that that the the um, the physics of parallel universes works in 
the time yarn stories. Okay, so in other words, uh, the, the sharing is more about the rules of the, right. the time travel. Okay. Right. And then and the, the char- So each story is a, is different when it comes to the characters and mm-hmm. and how they're dealing with the time travel. Am I right? Yeah, it's all, they're all different, and and not all the stories are even about time travel. They're just in uh, a a world that fits in with the the way that the universe works. So it fits inside the the time yarns universe. Oh, okay. Uh, how did you get the idea to do this? Well, um, I like time travel stories, and I was. Uh, I was thinking one day, um, I had uh, I published I published a lot of books this year. My first book, also true for beginners, with is about a, is about the Viking religion, and that book was really successful. So I thought, well, that's successful. I'll publish a bunch more books. So I was uh, uh, one of the things that I published this year is a collection of my collected short stories. Uh, from over the years. It's called Universal Genius, and that's actually the first book that I published in the Time Yarns universe. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it, uh, one of the stories in that uh, collection is The Timelessness Machine, which is a classic from the very first issue of Sterling Webb. And if you're an old science fiction fan, then you, <laughs> you'll recognize the, the Sterling Webb. And um, in that story, I proposed that uh, you can't actually build a timeless a time machine. If you try to build a time machine, what you get is a timelessness machine. You you go in, and subjectively, time passes for you, but it doesn't pass on the outside world, and you can't get out unless you turn the machine off. And that huh. that was my my idea, and and uh, I just. And I that was published about 25 years ago. Oh wow! Okay. And uh, and a lot of the the short stories that that I published over the years were published in magazines, which are now out of print. So it was it was exciting for me to to be able to to take advantage of ebook technology to come out with exactly. a collection of, of my out of print stories. Um, but I was thinking, I wonder if anybody else ever came up with the same idea. You know, great minds think alike. <laughs> and the the uh, the answer is yes. Two two people have actually come up with the exact same um idea about what would happen if you tried to build a time machine. Um, one of and uh one of them was uh Tony Thorne, um who's the uh his name is written Tony Thorne NBE. If you're not British, you you probably don't recognize what that means. That, that means he's been given a chivalric order, um, which he was awarded by the Queen of England for advances in cryosurgery tools and carbon fiber furnaces. He's a real serious scientist. Wow. And, but, but he also writes science fiction, and he wrote a, a story proposing the exact same thing that I proposed 25 years ago, um, and he just came up with it completely independently. People who are excited about physics think about these things. Right. Right. Yeah, I know. And so, <laughs> yeah, so, there, so there's his, his story. And then um, 
and then there, there's actually another person came up with the exact same idea, also independently, another serious scientist. Uh, his story, um, uh, 1,400 Hours, uh, is uh, also going to going to be in uh, this collection. So those those two stories are both uh, going to be in the two um, Time Yarns anthologies coming out next year. Um, so one per story. So there's my story is reprinted in Universal Genius, and and uh, one of the stories is going to be in the anthology Cassandra's Time Yarns, which is the this mm-hmm. general interest anthology that's just for anything that fits in this universe. And the, the other story, um, 1,400 Hours, is going to be in Anarchy Zone Time Yarns, which is uh, the first of the, the themed Time Yarns anthologies, which I'm going to be doing more of in subsequent years. So, and, I, don't, um, so, I, don't, so I don't quite understand it. They have to be... That it, Stay in the same premise or idea of time travel, or can they, uh, you know, uh, believe more in, in maybe the Earth nodes, and that's how people go through time? Can they go outside of that idea in order to be in your book, or or does it have to stay in the uh, idea of of you know to build, uh, not building a time machine, or or if you do, what would happen? Um, in the in the Time Yards universe, physics works the same way throughout all the stories. So, um, if you if you want to have time travel in the story, it it can't be from a machine built by a human being, because we've already established that in this universe, that um, can't a human one. being can't can't build one. You could okay. only build one if you if you're a being that's native to a higher dimension. Okay, but if if and what I'm talking more is uh, nodes, you know, in the earth. If they if, let's say you believe that, well, you know, it's highly known that some people or a lot of uh, theorists believe that time travel can happen through uh, black holes. So if, yeah. if since that's a natural uh, phenomenon, then you would say that would work in your world. Yeah, in in this. In- this world, um, people actually do travel in time. They just don't do it with a machine. They do it with their minds. Right. Oh, good. Awesome. Yeah. In that case, in that case, our char- I have characters too that that do that same thing. They use their their cool. mind. They're, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Story. As you say, great minds think alike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be doing more more anthologies. The subsequent year, and uh, actually, if you if you take a look at the Time Yarns website, which is a Google site, just go to Google Sites, then go to Time Yarns, um, or just put Time Yarns into into a search engine. Um, you go to go to the Time Yarns website, and then go to the the um, the um, anthology themes page, and it'll tell you what all the the themes for subsequent years. Um, are going to be so you see if, you, if cool. your story would fit in there. Sounds good. Yeah. Now I'm looking at your long list of things that you that you have done. You've written. A mm-hmm. uh, thing that comes to is just Lael's magic magical thinking emporium, a blog with multiple personalities. Tell us yeah, about that. Yeah, that. 
that was my my blog on MySpace. That was back when MySpace was cool. Um, and um, one of the things that I talked about on my blog sometimes was, was that um, things that I was thinking about politics. And uh, my blog actually was pretty popular for a while, you know, when people were on MySpace. Mm-hmm. And um, actually. When I uh, was running for office last year, I actually turned that into my campaign blog. So ah. I so I actually uh, actually uh, just turned that into a pretty much only for politics, except occasionally with some cute pictures of my cat. You know, because uh. I have cute pictures of the cat. Kind um, of funny that a multiple personality site would suddenly become a political. Campaign. <laughs> yeah, well, I I called it that because there's so many things I'm interested in that that uh, there, you know, how do you how do you categorize something um, where one day I'd be talking about uh, politics and the next day I'd be posting a recipe and the next day I, there'd be a, a picture of me in my Renaissance fair costume with a great big sword, you know. Um, <laughs> We'll call it well-rounded. <laughs> yeah. Well, you definitely into a lot of different things, and and uh, apparently historical stuff as well, because you were talking about uh, Viking, a Viking yeah. story. Tell yeah. us about your Viking interest. Um, about my first book. Yes. Now, your first yeah, love is always you're always going to have your first love. So. Yeah. Uh, well, my first. Yeah, my first book uh, actually wrote also true for beginners because I was the manager of an MSN group. Now that's really going back in the internet. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, remember remember in MSN groups, all those non young people out there. Anyway, yeah, I'm kind of dating <laughs> myself. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, kind of kind of dating myself here. Um, yeah. MSN groups. There was an MSN group that, uh, or also true, that I was uh, I was the manager of, and at the same time I was also the the um, Gidea of Sunas Folk, and so I got asked a lot to recommend a beginner's book about also true. And at that time there weren't any. Now there's there's several, but um, at that time uh, there were only two kinds of of uh, books that you could read about Authentry, and one of them was academic papers full of footnotes and quotes from a dozen different <laughs> languages, and the other one was things that were produced by specific um, sects, specific organizations, and that from that particular point of view. And I really wanted to be able to recommend a, a beginner's book that would be for everybody on all sides of the spectrum um, and you know, give people the the overview so they could decide which which path they wanted to be on, or even if it wasn't their path at all. Um, all right. So that's why I wrote that book, and um, coincidentally, because I was writing it for an MSN group, um, I was writing it specifically for people who knew just enough about Authentry to put the word Authentry in a search engine. And that happened to be a, a great 
way to write a book that you're going to sell on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, because um, you put the book in, the, you put the word true in a search engine, and there's my book, and that's a, for exactly that amount of knowledge. And that was way before the age of Amazon, but it it uh, it kind of worked out nicely that way. <laughs> yeah, I think of different ways to do that. Then, um, uh, yeah, Amazon's a wonderful thing. It just uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like politics. You are uh, not sure who to believe anymore. Yeah. <laughs> So you know, it, it has you have to have them, but you don't really want them. Yeah, you know, that's kind of po- yeah. like politicians. You have to have them, but you don't really want them. Yeah. Well, you know what they say: um, the system's the worst one, except for all the other ones. <laughs> yeah, she, um, my son was going through. His history, because he's in in high school, and so he was helping his friend with advanced history. And it's interesting how many different uh, group that they had at the very beginning of our American history. It wasn't just, I mean, it wasn't even Republican and Democrat back then. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they were both. You know, they were they were both sides, or they were Whigs. You know, yeah. it's oh, it was a lot. Yeah. Originally, there weren't any political parties. If, if you read the Constitution, it says this political party does not appear in there at all, not one word. It wasn't. It, it wasn't even on the horizon. Um, right. So I'm not sure why yeah. we even had to have a political party. Just that everybody just doesn't happened. believe the same. <laughs> yeah. It, it like, just happened. It, you know, it, it wasn't designed that way. Kind of like a religion, I guess. You know, not. Yeah. It, we all can't believe the same thing. Yeah, because we all have our own, our own, you know, who we are. So we believe on our own way, and it's never yeah. exactly the way as, as orga- like an organized religion. So we make little yeah. changes to it to to uh, suit our be- our true belief. Right. And before you know yeah, it, you I got can... you got a new one. <laughs> yeah. I can really relate to that because uh, I've I've actually seen that happen in my lifetime. With the different uh, di- different groups that peel off, but sometimes because of doctrinal differences, and other times just because two people with strong personalities both happen to want to run things, and could, they yeah. both couldn't do it. I you see, know. you know, I see that more than just in religion, though. I mean, you know, I see that yeah. in. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that happens yeah. in the Star Trek group. You know, it happens anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've, exactly. Seen, I've seen that happen. When I used to, I used to own the science fiction store in Las Vegas, and uh, so I, I saw, I, I, I saw what the, the club politics of different, different, uh, various geek types of clubs were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the Uber geek, the one with the store. So I saw all of them. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually watching that right now with uh, fan groups. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter which state you're in, it seems that they're, they're fractured. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's like, human nature. Yeah, it's human <laughs> nature. Even 
even even geeks are subject to human nature because geeks have emotions too. So you know, it shouldn't be surprising that they act just like everybody else. Yeah. But you're right about you're right about the the strong people. They you know, they they don't yeah. work well, so they take you know pieces of uh, of the group with them in different directions. Yeah, before you know you got, and before you know you got several of them. When then you would think, well, hey, this is great because you know that means we get more events. But the thing is that they don't they don't work together. Yeah. Even though some of the people in the group do both or all of them, they mm-hmm. they still don't work together, so it makes it difficult to do business. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be much healthier if they did, you know. Yeah. Well, that's why we have Worldcon, where everybody can come together. Although, actually. Uh, think some of the other conventions are getting bigger as Worldcon's getting smaller, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. I do. And of course there's there's the whole rules about Worldcon if if you know if they are in a different country, then we can have a Pacific, which is a North American con. Mm-hmm. So like uh, for instance in uh next year or no I'm sorry, in two in twenty fourteen uh, London is is going up for the bid for uh, Worldcon, and mm-hmm. in the meantime, if, if they win, then the bid that we're making for for North American Con will go through. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's like okay, here's what he had to sit me down and explain that one to me. So yeah. uh, so now I I, I I say okay, now I got it because I, mean, I had to get this because. I'm now actually the managing editor for Connotations uh, newspaper. So, <laughs> like, yeah. okay, I need to get all these uh, understandings of how these these conventions work and and uh, the mores involved there. Mm-hmm. So, what are you up to next? Tell us what you're up to next. I, mean, I know you said you got a couple of books coming out next year. Which of course, since I, I I believe I'm going to be seeing you in April. Yes, that's my evil plan. I should that's take over the world plan. one yeah. convention at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it's over Easter, so you know we're all being there together. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, so that'd be April. That'd be Leprechaun uh, in Phoenix, yeah. and. I believe that you will have at least one of these projects uh, ready to go by then. Yes, both of those are going to be published in January. They're actually they're they're actually finished right now, but I I'm set a publication date for January because um, book reviewers demand three to four months lead time. I know it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, it's. Uh, and, you know, I can understand now that I you know, I got like a two boxes of books here that need to be reviewed, and I'm still building a brand new review staff. So yeah. it's it's like okay, well, it's going to be a little longer than than usual. But now that we're going to be online, maybe we'll be able to put them up sooner. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just taking time. You know, people got to read it, and then they've got to you know got to badger them to get the review done. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the the things that I learned when I was um, 
publishing my my own books, and I'm really glad that I learned all that before I started trying to publish other people's stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, another of the things that I I learned is that if you want to put pictures in your ebook, you uh, you're going to have to break your book into several parts if you you have too many of them because there's file size limits. Yeah. And that that's pretty annoying, but uh, I'm glad I learned that too because there's art in the anthologies too. So I was I was actually thinking of trying to combine all of the stories that I'm public, publishing in in the Tiny Yarns anthologies into one big anthology. Um, and because of what I learned when I was publishing um, the Punch series, which is which is my own series of of books in the Time Yarns universe, I decided that's not such a great idea because there's there, there would just be um, too much art. It's, uh, it's yeah. actually, yeah. Um, the Punch series is, is a um, a series of seven books that have um, it has art and it, it, you know, pictures. It's got video, sound. Um, I really think that transmedia is the future of publishing because you know on an electronic platform there's there's no reason that you have to have a separate um, type of creation for text and movie and game and comic and you know why not have them all together on the same platform um, so what I was publishing that book i I realized because of the because of the file size limits I had to I had to break it into pieces. I ended up breaking it into seven parts and serializing it. So I've been publishing it one book per month from June to to December. So the fifth one is out this month. It's just just come out. And, uh, I, I think that's I think that's a, a smart uh, idea though because I'm I'm finding that that by breaking because I'm doing the same thing with uh, a brand new. Western paranormal book, mm-hmm. um, and but I do is I make it in episodes so that way I have you know certain you know five five to ten thousand words per episode, and you yeah. charge you know a dollar a page and you wind up as long as you as long as you keep them going on a pretty steady basis and people can get something new every right. week or so, right. Uh, um, and then, and yeah, yeah, and uh, like you said, another advantage of that is to is to keep the the length of the story down. So each of the seven books in the Punch series is between about forty to fifty thousand words. Um, okay. And so we're more novellas than really. Yeah. So yeah. all to all together, if I if I publish it. And as one giant book, it'd be three hundred and fifty thousand words, which is kind of a a large book to read at one time on an e-reader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind. Of, that's actually kind of Lord of the Rings size. Um, <laughs> that's why they cut them. But the thing is, yeah. that I I kind of did the same thing. I, I sat down after almost dying about eight years ago and said, okay, it's just, it's just time now for me to to finish this book that's inside me. So, mm-hmm. two hundred ninety-six thousand words later, I realized that first of all, that's too big. That's too big. <laughs> yeah, nobody would possibly read it in in that chunk. And so, 
I'm having to take it down, and and it's it was cut to I cut it into four books, and mm-hmm. that led to the, and I'm now at that actually the end of that first 296,000 words. Thank goodness I got more than that, but <laughs> but you have to do that in order to make it. Uh, yeah, obviously, especially if you put your publisher hat on, you're thinking of you know because uh, I print these as well, so. Mm-hmm. I have to think. Okay, how much is going to cost us? Cost me to print this. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to think about printing as well as you know, uh, as you say, breaking it apart because of the size constraints on ebook creators. Yeah. Don't see yeah, either way. That, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I I think that the the file size limits are are going to to uh, get better over time. Oh sure, the read, readers are getting better. Yeah, yeah. The read, readers are getting robust. Uh, they're getting color, so they have to increase their file size. Otherwise, you know, the color itself would just totally blow it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty excited about the the new um, the new color Kindle. Um, yeah. Because that because I do have I do have art in my books, so and they are they are in color, so. Um, mm-hmm. Even the ones yeah. I've already published, um, if people just switch from the black and white reader to the color reader, suddenly you know they they all will be in color because that was the way they were encoded to start with. Right, that's kind of what I do with the newspaper. I designed the whole thing in color first, mm-hmm. uh, that way the PDF file can go out to anybody that wants it. Also, they can get it online in full color, mm-hmm. and then I pull the color out in order to print it on a big web press. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just think yeah. it's you know that way they get the best of both worlds. Yeah. But people like to see color. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been really great for for me to be able to to work with um, color pictures in the ebooks because um, back when I was publishing Berserker Gondor magazine, uh, I was publishing everything in black and white, and because mm-hmm. um, that was you know the print era. Exactly. And, yeah, and I um, I couldn't afford color process for my magazine. It's oh sure, expensive, you know. I mean, I've been in, uh, in business for uh, 21 years in the printing business, so yeah. I mean, until recently, it hasn't been affordable for anybody. <laughs> yeah, and, and now it now it it actually it literally costs nothing to to put a color photo in an ebook. You know, yeah. If, well, right. Yeah, but, so but the thing is, uh, but as you said though, because color is is larger file, yeah, uh, it's going to wind up you know eating up your memory faster. Yes, that is so, true. But I think that's going to improve rapidly. Oh, sure. oh yeah, I mean just like a computer. Remember when we had sixty four K computers? Yeah, that wasn't so long ago. Yeah, I know. I had one. <laughs> yep. All right. I remember that. In fact, I, I, believe it or not, I produced my magazine on one of those. <laughs> yeah, that's how long. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I, and I, I was there too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm saying it's showing my age as well. So. <laughs> yeah. 
it didn't it didn't do pictures, it only did text. So oh, whenever yeah, I put right. art in, in Brazil Hakanzo magazine, I had to do it by hand. It was paste up was literal. It was it was scissors and, and paste and, and this this funny paper that had little tiny blue graph lines that, that wouldn't reproduce so that I could right, line right. Up your blue line. Yeah. Yep. Non repo blue. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, the pay stuff. Yeah, that's why I started as. That's why I did in college. I was a journalism major. So we have a lot of things yeah. in common. Yeah. So that's, we have to, you have to start sometimes. You know, these kids nowadays, they, they don't understand, well, pay stuff, what are you talking about? You're talking about yeah. just copying, copying and pasting on, on the computer? No, we're talking about real pay stuff. <laughs> um, back when you had to have the, the uh, not, it's not glue, but the wax on the back of all the the yeah. galley sheets. Mm-hmm. And, and and they said, believe it or not, this is how you actually did books. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And I I remember some of those pages weighed a lot because of how how much different stuff was on them. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, because um my Berserker Gonger magazine was a was a full format so the so the um the paste up pages were eleven by seventeen. And uh, and I I did ads, so some people would would um provide their their um their advertisement photo ready copy um on this really stiff, heavy stock that um, but I had the file full it was right. like this, this gigantic thing. <laughs> oh. did, did you have to do the coding, you know, where you have like what looks like gobbledygook? And uh, you had to have coding for the headlines and and also for like the italics. You want certain sections, you had to have the code uh, in front of it, kind of like HTML is now? Um, no, actually, I, I, was, I was providing... Um, Camera-ready copy for an offset press. So I I had uh, everything except for the except for the non-repro blue lines. Everything looked exactly like it was going to look. Right. Well, we had that, but we had to yeah. do our own, our own coding on the headlines. Um, and then you had we had to go actually get them done. Uh, in other words, you had to get them uh, printed out. Uh, but if you missed one spot, if you missed one one character. You want to gain this weird garbage. <laughs> it's like, uh, what was it supposed to? What was headline supposed to be? <laughs> no, that that was back in. Uh, let's see, let me see, how long ago? Eighty, eighty, well, it was eighty-two, nineteen eighty-two. Hmm. Yeah, no, eighty, eighty, either one or eighty-two. Yeah, no, I never actually had to do any coding. I just. Uh, I, I just pasted it all the way it was the way it was supposed to look. I actually, Berserker um, Gonger magazine was actually printed by Dark Regions magazine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so the I, big press. So, yeah. Yeah, we don't have very many of those big presses anymore, do we? No, it, it's it's a shame too because um, recently when I was I was. Um, Looking for a way to to run off some um, some galley proofs of my latest nonfiction book, Skinflint Hints, um, cheaply, so that I could I could uh, 
send them to to reviewers. Um, I was, you know, looking and looking and looking, and there's, you know, pretty much no option except print on demand anymore, unless you're going into the, you know, five thousand press run territory. Right. Right. And it didn't used to be that way. No. No. Has had only two real newspapers, you know, uh, smaller newspapers that you can go to now that I know of in Arizona. Uh, mm-hmm. Payson's one of them. That's where we get the connotations printed. Uh, and then you've got one in Peoria. I guess it's somewhere in Peoria. It's, it's for the independent uh, newspapers in the town. Mm-hmm. That That's it. That's it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if anybody knows of any any other ones, you're sure to let us know, because you know, we can always we can always find more. Uh, yeah. It'd be nice to be able to, to uh, find more, so we can distribute more. I don't know anybody yeah. in California at all. So, uh, Nevada, I don't know what's going on there. Um, not very much. Um, there there are a couple of there are a couple of places here that that. Um, that build themselves as book printers, but they're they're um, they use copy machines. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Hardly anybody doing that anymore. As it it takes things. I I worked a long time as and twenty one years in a, um, as graphic designer, and fourteen of those years was actually in a print shop. And yeah, we yeah. don't. That's it. It costs too much to do on a on a printer on a copier anymore that if you don't do it on an off, uh, we used to it used to have offset and yeah. uh, he recently finally got rid of that uh, but that that would eat you alive on the plates yeah so you know it's like well it's cheaper in the long run to do the interiors especially if you're doing four up um, yeah on what I actually larger yeah. printer yeah, well, I actually ended up doing for the the um, galley proofs for for Skinflint hints is the uh, lightning source, and uh, which is print on demand. And, but at least it's it's a, a relatively affordable print on demand, and comes with their comes with their catalog distribution. So that was the best the best one I could come up with. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. But let's get back to your stuff because you know you've got a lot of other stuff on here, and one of the things that came I came up on here is your fan fiction, Babylon Five. So tell us about that because that's you know I haven't heard about Babylon Five in a while. Yeah. Um. Before before I was trying to to um, publish things for for making a living. Back when I had a job, I used to write a lot of fan fiction. Back when I didn't care whether I made any money off of what I wrote, <laughs> I wrote fan fiction a lot. You know, um, I because I used to uh, I used to be a um, floor walker in the tech department at Sprint Nextel, so uh, I actually had a pretty good job. I, I never even thought about trying to make money from my writing until that job ended. You know, that's, no. Yeah. You know, one of the one of the thing. This is you know one of the things that I tried. When <laughs> I couldn't do that anymore. Was uh, writing and uh, 
because I'd been doing writing for so long. And I, so I tried a million things, and writing was the one that worked. So um, I stuck with it. Anyway, uh, I used to write a lot of fan fiction. I wrote. Uh, I've actually. I've actually still got a lot of Lord of the Rings fan fiction on my um, Yahoo page. Do you think it's still doing really well, fan fiction? Um, as far as as uh, actually, you know, actually, if you um, if you want to read any of my my fan fiction, you can you can um, go to my uh, Yahoo page, which is. Uh, Lail Library. If you go to any Yahoo group and then replace the name of the group with Lail Library, my name's L A L E, and then Library, all one word, um, that'll take you to my uh, my official author page. And there's a lot of stuff that you can read on there for free. Um, and that's and on, that's on that's on the Google page. I um, no, that's on that's on my Yahoo page because that's, Yahoo. that's like okay. my my personal page. It's separate from the Time Yarns page, which is which is just about the the Time Yarns universe. That's kind of for for everybody. Okay. And my um, Yahoo page has been there for I don't know ten years because Yahoo goes back a ways. Yeah, so yeah. Definitely. Pretty much everything I loaded on it over the years is still there. Yeah, it's hard um, to get rid of it if you wanted to. <laughs> so so there's, like, there's uh, Lord of the Rings fan fiction. There's um, Stargate fan fiction. Um, there's uh, there's a lot of poetry. There's just all kinds of stuff on there that that you can uh, read or download free. Yeah, you've got a lot of uh, different pages here on your. Thing, uh, information you gave me, so I'm going to be putting this, some of these on the chat so people can find your information and some of the things that you've been writing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, net because that way they give a biography about you. That's yeah, great. the published authors site is is actually um, belongs to the the um, publishing company that published my first book. So that's wow. The show up. Yeah. What was that? Are they still up? They're they're up and going, huh? Yeah. Awesome. And uh see well anyway I'll be putting some of these uh I got your MSN group, but I don't think that one's up anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, that uh MSN groups went away. It's too bad because I like them. I like the way they worked. I I liked threaded forums. There's there's the mm-hmm. um there's threaded forums now on LinkedIn, and there's actually some on Facebook, too. But they call I don't them really stories. Like yeah. They, what was that? They call them stories. They call them stories, right? Um, Aren't they on um, the thread? The, thread, the threaded stories on uh, Facebook. Um, I don't know what they call them, but they're okay. But the Facebook groups that that have that have forum groups. Um, they are threaded forums, but I just happen to not like the the way Facebook works technically. Um, I actually liked the old MSN groups better because even though even though Facebook has more 
functionality, you know, more, you can put more pictures and, and videos and stuff. I just uh, I just don't like the way it physically functions when I'm using it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, we get we get used to. Uh, yeah. We get used to certain things. Um, yeah. And I just want to let everybody know that's listening because I know you're there. Uh, you're mm-hmm. you're breathing. You're breathing really heavy. I can hear you. So, <laughs> and I know you guys are there. So, if you want to call in, you can. It's seven one four two four two five one four five, and I'm going to ask, start asking Aaron some general questions. If you guys don't give me anything, then you'll be stuck with what I ask her. <laughs> <laughs> so seven one four two four two five one four five. Also, I know you're on chat because I can see you. Go ahead and uh, give me some questions here, and I will definitely offer them up. So well, I can start. Going through some of my things here, and, and uh, that way people can find out a little more about you. Uh, what I just generally ask is that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, there are any writing quirks that you might have that you'd like to share? Writing quirks, like what? Um, like, like you mean, like well, how I write? Well, you know how sometimes. People have superstitions, and so sometimes they they have real quirky things that they do before or after or during their certain writing habit that yeah it's kind of a habit that they might uh have not really, I just write when I feel like it um, as you can tell by how many books I've published, I kind of feel <laughs> like it a lot there you go. There you go. And, of course, whatever you happen to be in the mood for, you don't try to uh, hold yourself down and you know, write, hey, you know, like uh, the NaNoWriMo is coming up in, in November. Um, and you say, well, you know, as a structure, they, they want to they tell you, okay, you have to have a certain number of words that you should write every day. I can't write under those parameters, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I totally do not do that. I know that works for some people, but it doesn't work for me. Yeah, so you, yeah. <laughs> just like oh, it's I, like you know, I can sit down and write a whole chunk, but I'm certainly not going to worry about how many words it is. Yeah, um, if I if if I get inspired, and I start writing. You know, I can I, I can turn out uh, I I can turn out five thousand words in a day. I've done that before, but I can also go a whole month without feeling like writing anything. Hmm. Um, now, now, does that include bathroom breaks? <laughs> what, what was that? Does that include bathroom breaks and 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 times that you had to stop and go eat something? Five thousand words, huh? Yeah, um, I type fast. You, oh, you, know, okay. you, you get on a, a roll, and then, you, yeah. have you gotten on a roll and then you didn't want to let go of it? Yeah. Well, I'm I, I'm a touch typist and. Um, from way back, you know, back when they, that's what they used to teach. Right. I know. That was like, like in the early 80s. Um, yeah. So, and I have continued to, to write and for myself and publish stuff. And most of the time when I had a job, that's what I was doing for a living. So, uh, mm. so I, 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 type, I type really fast, like, 
court reporter fast. Mm. That's that's a good that's a really good skill to have. Even now, I was kind of worried yeah. about my son son because you know they they have all these handheld devices, but do they really you know have any skills in typing and something simple like that? And then uh, he was writing a paper last night on my computer, and he he was actually pretty fast, even though he he deletes everything if he forgets a word. You know, he'll he'll fast space to you know <laughs> six words. I go, what are you doing? You know, but um, don't have to do that now. You know, but yeah. uh, but he's definitely fast faster than I ex- ever expected him to be, considering. But you know. His game system, you would think, would he wouldn't be that fast, but they learned to, to type fast. Yeah. When and read, they're reading. You know, the whole premise of the story because it's not being told to them; they have to read it. Yeah. So they learn to read fast. And they learn to type fast. Yeah. I, so I, I read once that uh, that somebody once asked Isaac Asimov what he would do if he knew he only had a year to live, and he said, "Type faster." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he actually typed he he actually typed really fast. He he uh, he typed like ninety words a minute or something. Think if you don't worry about your mistakes, because I remember um, Ray Bradbury yeah. had uh, I listened to him a long time ago, and he he gave me a piece of advice, and he says says uh, don't worry about editing. Because you sit down and you type, and you keep typing until your story's done. Mm-hmm. Then you you set it away for a few days, if you mm-hmm. can, and then you get it back out and you edit, edit, and edit. Because mm-hmm. he he learned how to do that by having one of those electric typewriters down in the basement of the library, and yeah. he had a he had a roll of dimes, mm-hmm. and he had to have that story done by the roll of dimes was was gone because it's all the money he had on him. <laughs> so he popped that dime in, and he just he would type variously, and you can't go back and yeah. and fix anything because you don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> and I sometimes wonder, you know, yeah, if it'd be good to, to get into that mode. You know, so now mm-hmm. I've, I've learned to not to go back and fix anything. Just yeah. you got to just get it out first, and then go back and fix it. Yeah, it's it's amazing how how much tighter a story you get when you when you start with with something on paper and then retype it. Um, I actually I actually had to do that a couple of, of with a couple of the stories that when I was um, collecting all my stories for the um, Universal Genius collected at work because uh, some of my early stories existed only in hard copy. Um, they had wow, originally yeah. been, yeah, they had originally been typed on a computer, um, on a floppy disk that was actually physically floppy. You know, one of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it was it was five and a half inches long, and uh-huh. and uh, mm-hmm. and it was encoded in CPM. Yes, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. way back then. Yeah, WordStar 1.0. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's back when the files were really small. Yeah, and, uh, and they didn't, they didn't know what a color picture was. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't have color screens on the computer back then. Anyway, right. I, um, so even though the stories had originally been written on a computer, I didn't have them in a format that I could um, 
do anything with it. Well, yeah. and do anything with. So I I uh, um, had to retype them, and there were actually also some that 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 literally only existed in hard copy because um, I had uh, lost the original, or um, there were some that that I that I didn't have my original manuscript of at all, and I only had the published version. Um, and I had actually, over the years, I have been try, really careful to try to keep a, a copy of everything I've published. But when I went to to do my collected short stories, uh, I actually realized that I'd lost a couple of my stories that I don't have in any format. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I couldn't I couldn't include those because I don't have them. So. Yeah, I, I have authors who who lost entire manuscripts because they they trashed your computer, and mm-hmm. didn't understand the concepts of backing it up. Yeah. So I, I said, look, so just send it to me once in a while. Yeah. Now I have now I have Weavers of Dreams, which is a web based program system that they can put it up and they'll they can get to it at all times, and of course it keeps yeah. it, it stays stays in the database. Yeah. Um, and I can also go in and, and edit the story for them as well because and get in and, and work it, work with with them, and okay. so it comes in very handy. He hasn't lost anything since. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm. I'm a, yeah. I'm, now I'm kind of paranoid about backing everything up, so I have like copies on disk, hard <laughs> yeah. copy, and copy in a Seagate, and you know it's like. Um, yeah, you learn and, a lesson, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and I also I, I also produce films, and that's that would that would be e- even harder to get back if anything happens. To yeah, actually, I just I just got your YouTube thing on a rain dance. Yeah, yeah, and I actually keep the masters of my films in a bank vault. That's that's how paranoid I am about losing them. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah. That, those are expensive, so you you don't want to lose those. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is in fact. I mean, it's getting a little cheaper if you're if you're not worried so much about the perfect quality. But uh, some of yeah. these little little you know uh, video recorders are really good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it's kind of like computers, and everything's gotten a little. Bit, they're smaller, and they got mm-hmm. <laughs> they gotten better. Um, and same thing's going to be with the tablets and and the readers. Yeah, you know, it's going to get they're going to get better and smaller. Mm-hmm. Not sure smaller or better, but you know, um, kind of funny because yeah, tablets are big. Yeah, there's a there's a a limit to how small the the thing can get before it becomes too awkward for a human being to interact with. Right. Unless yeah. it, you know, unless we implant them in our heads. Which. Which, if we're believing in science fiction, yeah, it's definitely a possibility, especially with the AI situation, and, and, and you know the mm-hmm. games are all going that direction. Yeah. So when when they start calling it AI for the actual, you know, you know that's how what they learn and urge do gaming systems, and they okay, this is this is getting too science fiction. <laughs> yeah. Science fact now, you know. Yeah. And did, have you have you um, been keeping up with the the uh, AI science this year? I have a, a a boyfriend who's into AI, 
And uh, he's he's yeah. got, I think, uh, gosh, how many hundred and something computers that he's got all hooked yeah. up, uh, developing a natural brain. Yeah. Yeah. So I have my own my mad scientist in my corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's getting it's getting close to it's it's getting close to uh, the point at Very which the, the Turing test is going to be passed. Um, I think. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got. So what's left? Okay. So oh, let's just let's yeah. do a full circle here. Let's full circle. Says says when we really look at all the different premises of stories uh, in science fiction, uh, you have your you have your AI, you know, where the robots take over and and or or they're our friends and then you find out they're not and you know those kind of stories, and then you've got your your cloning, which Ta-da, it's happening. Yeah. You've got your chirogenics, which is you're freezing yourself for, you know, a better tomorrow. You've got yeah. that already happening. Okay, now, yeah. the only thing really left is time travel. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you take all the different premises and you say, okay, what's left? And now, and my father doesn't believe any science fiction. Whenever he rolls his eyes, whenever I say I'm going to go see this movie or that movie, oh, that's science fiction. You know what? You just get over it because science fiction has become science fact in so many instances that you have got to wake up someday and say, hey, maybe I should be following science fiction because they seem to get it right. Yeah, well, you know, um, it was uh, it was Jules Byrne who came up with the submarine. Yeah. <laughs> But remember that, yeah. that even before that, yeah. the submarine was actually hand-drawn, or the idea of it was Leonardo da Vinci. That's now, true. It wasn't, it wasn't exactly of, like the... the yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people who feel that he yeah. was a time traveler. Because he came up with helicopter. Yeah. Just, yeah. I don't think he was a time traveler. Yeah. I think he was just really smart. You know. I, he was he, he was definitely a science fiction writer if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess in a way. <laughs> Do we not write you know hand draw little gadgets sometimes in order yeah. to make our worlds work? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Even if you don't believe that you don't, can't make a machine that that uh, you can actually time travel in, you still have to have some kind of devices in in whatever uh, futuristic world that you happen to be in at the time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So you never know. Uh, you have to believe some science fiction because it has more or less come to pass. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say it's a full circle because we're, we're tired talking about time travel. Mm-hmm. And then now we're back to time travel and saying, hey, yeah. you guys you guys out there who don't believe... <laughs> You should start looking at all the different ideas. Everybody has to have some reason to have that. We have to have, as I say, legends. Every legend has some some part truth to it. Yeah, and well, like, that's a whole other. That, that could be a whole other show on that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're almost at our time. And I really loved our time together, and and I know that everybody else yeah. listening to me probably has too, because we don't lose anybody. So, 
uh, with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, well, anything else you want to add? Um, just uh, I'm uh, happy that that I uh, was on the show. I had a great time, and I uh, uh, hope everybody looks up my name. It's Erin Lale, E R I N L A L E. Look me up on uh, on on the net. Look me up on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or whatever your favorite book selling site is, and uh, buy some books. <laughs> Does everybody know that also is right on chat, so all her information is there. And even though we're off recording, it'll be on the uh, original when you guys actually can listen to it in full at any time. I'll, uh, I'll be sure to send you the link, Aaron, so that way you have it for your websites, okay? Right. And uh, so you share it and get you know this whole this whole show in its entirety for anybody else who hasn't listened to it. So with that, thank you so much for coming in, and uh, thanks for I, I having really, me on the show. We'll, we'll sit down and talk when we're we're together in April, okay? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Good night. Good night. Well, that's it for tonight, and I just want everyone to know that tomorrow night is uh, we have another show, and this is an Arizona uh, show, which what our I called it Arizona Authors Roundup, and we have a local author who's also a bookstore owner. So we will be discussing her new book that's coming in uh, December, and uh, that'll be her second book. So we with that, that'll be Anna Questerly. Again, same time, same bat channel tomorrow at 5.30, and uh, we will be speaking to Anna Questerly about her books. And with that, you guys have a great night and talk to you tomorrow.